What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. I am back this lovely Tuesday. Uh, Don't forget, if you haven't already, to check out my Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning check-in episodes. I try to keep them quick. I did run over this past Wednesday. I am sorry. But it just kind of happened because it was a great topic um, about being uncomfortable in uncomfortable situations, uh, which kind of piggybacked off the topic that we talked about last week, uh, which when we talked about what is your why, right? And these are some really, really great topics that I kind of throw out there, not really throw out there, but I discuss and talk about each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Don't forget, these are live shows. So if you do want to tune in, uh, just, you know, sign up on Podbean and click Go in the app at 8.15 p.m., sorry, 8.15 a.m. Eastern Time in the morning, and voila, you'll be able to call into the show and get everything started with me in the morning if you want to. Uh, Send me topics, all that. And also, don't forget, Black Tea episodes release every Saturday, but those are for patrons only. If you're not a patron, click the description of this podcast to become a patron and get access to all my released, but exclusively released content and podcasts photos and videos and all that kind of stuff that everybody else that didn't become a patron do not get to see and do not get to participate in and my free giveaways that i'm going to start doing every week moving forward but today i'm here to talk about something completely different if you read the title of this podcast you know it says the big payback if you're a fan of james brown hope that song major 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 move around in your seat a little bit major shake your shoulders and major do one of them high that you know james brown used to do back in the day i can't do it the way my voice is a little bit a little bit too deep for that but i just want to talk about uh you know my journey back home um for those of you guys that don't know i mentioned a few times in previous podcasts but i decided uh april 30th to relocate back home to america i did a lot of reasons why that happened uh, i'd always planned on uh coming back home for the summer this particular summer uh, because, you know, my grandma's birthday, my niece's birthdays are coming up, my sister's birthdays. I want to be around for all that. And I try to be around for these things at least once every two years when I was living abroad. Uh, but you guys know that, you know, the the bar had closed down, uh, you know, because of COVID. And it was just going through a lot of things mentally and, you know, just dealing with life that, you know, there's no place like home. That's what they say. I knew that I needed to be at home. And it was you know, the best decision that I made. And people always decide, you know, when they live abroad, expats always decide to move back home for different reasons. I actually just talked to someone who had moved back home for two years. There was a family crisis that she had had, but she moved back home for two years uh, and was con- was actually signed up and everything ready to go back to Taiwan this upcoming summer. Uh, but, you know, COVID struck Taiwan. It was doing so well for you. Then all of a sudden an outbreak happened in Taiwan, pretty much just shut everything down. Uh, I think from... I, and I don't want to speak for it, but I think it was one of those situations where, you know, she had a moment where it was like, ah, nah, home is where I need to be right now. Uh, and that's exactly where I'm going to stay. Uh, and sometimes, you know, life happens like that. Like I said, as soon as I left Taiwan, the outbreak happened. It was my time to go. And uh, it was my time to come back here and start building things. And I just want to say that it's been amazing being back home. And I know it sucks because it's during a pandemic, but I guess the older I've gotten, again, I've been traveling, living abroad for 11 years. Uh, you know, I've, I've always appreciated being around family and it, it is a blessing and it, it is it is a privilege because not everyone can say that about their family and close friends, right? So every time I come back, I see the same people. Uh, my family, mother, you know, fathers, sisters, uh, nieces and nephews, but my friends, 
like I see my best friends, same four, three or four people every time. They'll pick me up from the airport. They make it a point to have brunch with me. They make a point to have dinner with me. They make a point to go out for a beer with me. They make it a point to make me feel welcome back home to remind me that, hey, this where you're from, bruh. And, you know, not all of us have that. There's expats. You know, some of us, we've been abroad for so long that we're either so disconnected from our families or, you know, old, our, most of our closest friends have moved out of state or out of the country even. Um, so when we come home, it's not, it doesn't necessarily feel the same way it felt, you know, when we first left 11 years ago and you come back after two years and everybody's just so excited to see you. Like now when I come back, it's like, oh, cool, Carl back. Uh, go and get in that kitchen and cook. Like, you know, like take the trash out, you know, like do stuff because they're so used to me coming and going. But even this time, they're like, man, you're here for a, a longer time, right? I've come back for eight months before, uh, you know, when I came back to take care of my mom. But this time, like you're back for an extended period of time. And it was a different energy level of excitement. Like, yeah, now, now I want to see what you're going to do here, right? I've seen all the cool things you've done abroad and all the, you know, running businesses and, you know, being a director and teacher and all that. Like, what are you going to do here? And it's not just what are you going to do here? It's how can I help you with what you want to do here? And you don't get a lot of that abroad. Right. You don't get a lot of I'm going to help you, you know, accomplish and reach your goals and your dreams. I'm going to connect you with these people. You don't get that. So you do get that when you meet people. But it's the onus is more on you to make those connections. But when you're back home, it's like family and friends. Like, hey, what you need? Uh, I'm going to send you these jobs. I'm going to connect you here. I'm going to connect you there. Like, it's just an amazing feeling. And I really again, I wasn't expecting it. I know, you know, it may I know I'm not saying this because of that, but I know a lot went on, you know, with with the bar closing down and us essentially losing it due, you know, the financial restraints and uh, not having any customers for a year. I know a lot of people didn't really understand when I said, like, I own a, and operate a bar on my own, essentially. Like, p- people didn't really get that. But then when I'm here and I'm able to talk to people about it in America, they're like, oh, man, really? Yeah. And other people who own businesses that also suffered because of the pandemic, they're like, man, like, like I, I feel you, and like I could only imagine being so far away from family, and then being able to talk to my family face to face about it. It's like, man, they're like, how could you? Like, I'm, I'm surprised you made it through. And then one thing that I was definitely reminded of, one of my good friends, she was just like, yeah, a, a lot of people, a lot of us, said yourself included, but give yourself time to recover, right? Because you know, when I first came back, I was like, man, everything's great, love it, family's great, and I was, I was. On my own, I was definitely pushing back the traumatic experience I just had because losing the business is traumatic, not just the money part. It's all the responsibility, all the selling everything and being doing it on your own and being the only one that spoke Chinese and kind of working through it. It was a lot of pressure and a lot of things that I was just powering through because I saw the light at, at the tunnel being my family, being able to not necessarily escape, but be apart from a place that had run me through the mill for a year and a half, you know, because of COVID and a variety of other things as well, uh, you know, doing bad business. It was just a lot of things that uh, that definitely snuck up and definitely attributed to me having to step back and process everything. But she said, hey, like, give yourself time. Like, you, you're going to, it's not just going to go away. You're going to have flashbacks. You're going to, you're going to need to process it. So give yourself time and you're not in it alone. A lot of people, a lot of us went through COVID. No, not a lot of us. Everybody went through COVID and it, it affected all of us differently. Some people lost their jobs. Some people had to change their jobs. Some people went to be remote. Some people had to be around their kids and their significant others all day. It, there was a lot of change overnight. There was a lot of crazy things being said. Uh, now it's arguments about getting vaccinated and new variants coming out. Like, But we're living through this daily. Yes, we're better off than people were 
you know, thousands of hundreds of years ago when these pandemics and things came out because of technology, what we have access to that we can stay at home and still be entertained and not feel bored and order food and all that. But, you know, the, the psychological impact is still there, right? You're, you're, you're still forced to do some things that you normally wouldn't do. And maybe that you don't want to do. And you experienced some things that were terrible, that were hurtful, that were painful, that you powered through because we had to, because we have to. Uh, even if it's not for yourself, it's for your family, for kids that you have, for, for boyfriends or girlfriends, for significant others. Like these experiences in the past two years have, have shaped, changed and shaped a lot of people. Um, so it was important to take that step back. But I was fortunate. I think the time... Being back allowed me to reevaluate what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Because those who are entrepreneurs, even if you aren't, if you're in the job of your dreams, you you know that when you're doing what you love and what you really want to do, it's hard to think about what else you can do, right? It's hard to think about what else you would or could enjoy doing. I loved owning a bar. I loved it. If I had $50,000, I kid you not, I would open another small bar, max 10, 12 people here in Austin, Texas. I'm proud and I love that I know how to do it. I know how to run it. I know how to set it up. I loved it. I love talking to people behind the bar. Didn't like cooking that much, but I did like making drinks, learning how to make drinks, memorizing people's orders, people coming in because they wanted to talk to me and wanted to be in the bar space and love the vibe and the feel of it and love the camaraderie that was in there, love the respect, love the music. I loved owning a bar, right? I loved when I was doing it, I loved teaching. I loved managing people until I didn't, <laughs> right? But I'll, I'll never not, it'll be hard for me to not love owning a bar again. And I do see myself in the future doing it again because I love it. I loved it. It's something that I adore and I really enjoy doing. But I, I, coming back here and knowing that I couldn't do that, it took me a while to kind of figure out like, damn, I'm back in America. I can't just, you know, pop up and be a teacher because I wanted to really either find one of them jobs. It may not be good ones. It may not be in a good environment, but you can definitely find a place to teach if you're licensed to do so, which I am. Um, but I had to just rethink everything. Like, man, what do I want to do here? And my dad, love my dad, interesting fellow. He was just like, because I was just talking about like my dream job and all this stuff. And he was like, well, well, what is, what does your dream job look like, Carl? And it's weird because he calls me Carl because his name is Carl. But, you know, like, he's like, what, well, what does it look like? Because you keep saying all these things you could do. What does it look like? Tell me what it is. Can you name it? And I was like, I can't put my finger on it. But then, shout out to this amazing company. If you haven't already, just subscribe to their their, their website. It's free. Uh, you don't have to pay anything. But they provide the black expat community and the expat community in general. Not just black expats, all expats with gems and jobs and opportunities and information. Black Travel Alliance is where I found the job of my dreams. BlackTravelAlliance.org. I'll double check that and I'll put that in the description of this podcast. But Black Travel Alliance, follow me on Instagram, all that. Amazing resource for expats living abroad or in America for anybody really looking for opportunities, looking to learn more about anything expat travel related. It's all there. And, you know, I found the job through them and on the website. It was an email I got and I just went ahead and I applied. I was like, Who? it's in it's in travel planning. You know, I've been, I owned a whole company doing that before, but I honestly didn't think I was going to get it. But when I went through the interview and I read about the company and like everything started to click, like the interview was like, they were asking me questions. I'm like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, I, I do that. But as I was responding to it, I was like, man, did I love doing that? Man, do I still love doing that? I still love to travel. Everything, I had to step back and realize everything that I had done 
up until now, relocating back home for the second time, was rooted in my love and passion for travel, right? My decision to stay teaching after the first year was one half my students, and I loved my job, but the other big significant portion was travel. Because that was the first time I, I was 21 years old, living as an adult, making an adult salary, living in my own apartment that I paid $200 a month for, my own form of transportation, a $600 scooter. And I had traveled to Thailand and Hong Kong. I had traveled to maybe three countries within the first year of working. And I'd only made maybe $18,000 that year. And I was like, whoa, this is life. I was eating good. I was drinking at the time. Eating good, drinking, partying. Still able to pay for travel, still able to pay to go home, and still able to afford a great-looking house. And I, I walked two minutes to my job every day. But everything that I did and I accomplished and I worked toward after that was rooted in my love and my passion for travel. And not just my love and passion for travel, but sharing my travel experiences, sharing gems, sharing things you can or can't do or should or shouldn't do, sharing opportunities and sharing information with the world. You don't believe me? Look at the podcast. Look at the company CP Travels I created, which was exactly that, providing people with inexpensive ways of traveling the world. Not just in America, not just Jamaica, not just Mexico, not just Puerto Rico, the world. Italy, Spain, France, all these places, the world. Like, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's amazing how it all kind of came full circle. And even with the bar, Right? It's an international bar. So many people would enter into the bar that were from all over the world. We met people from Spain, from Mexico, from Italy, from uh, from France, from the UK. Everyone came into that bar. And they, in some way, they would have to interact with us. And again, and, and they would say, oh, when you come here, make sure you come to Spain. Hey, I'll look out for you. And blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, everything that I had done was rooted in that. And to get the opportunity again on my time back in a, in a revamp, I don't want to call it a restart because... It's not really a restart because all everything that you learned, no matter what age you are, everything you learned from your past, every mistake, every triumph, every victory, every failure, you take with you into your next, in the next phase of your life. You take all that knowledge with you. So I can't say I'm restarting because I know so much more than I knew a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I know so much more. I've had so many different experiences, so many highs, a few lows more than a few, but you know, some lows, but I have all that knowledge that I'm taking with me. So I'm revamping, not necessarily restarting, but to be able to revamp in something in the very thing, the very root, the very rooted thing that gave me my passion. It's absolutely unbelievable. And with that being said, let's hear from our sponsors really quickly. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get free pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from, each week there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. So, yeah, I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable, right? Being able to being able to do that and being able to have that perspective and 
you know, I've always, I, I, you guys know me, I've always been one to say, you know, no matter where you are, what you're doing in life, it's never too late to start over, to do something differently, uh, to to take a different path, to think about things in a different way. Right. And again, I definitely want to make sure I shout out Black Travel Alliance for just putting these opportunities and these things in front of me. But being back has done a lot of things for me in a lot of different ways. One, uh, not only connecting with family, but also with friends. Right. And the benefit of connecting with friends and people who think like you is knowing uh, that you're able to help in more ways than you were before because you're closer. Right. Being in proximity of more people like I communicate with people in Taiwan, but there is a time difference. There is certain times people aren't willing or aren't openly able to talk about ideas and things that they're trying to do. And the best example is I get most of my talking done to people who aren't close friends who I talk to all the time between like three and six, three and seven p.m. You know, America time. That's three a.m. to seven a.m. in Taiwan time. I'm sleep. I was not up. <laughs> I'm sleep. I'm, I am not up during that time. I'm just not. It's just not something that I'm doing. At all, not even a little bit, you know what I mean? So it was definitely, um, for me, uh, good to just be back and then being able, being able to interact uh, during this time you know, with people and collaborate because I've had so many collaborative opportunities now than I've ever had before because I'm physically back. But And it's all because it's all rooted in the foundation that I have and that I built in the foundation of travel. That is really at the core of everything that I've been able to do as a result of being back. And I'm just blown away by it. And I love the fact that I am back. So those things are just super, super important to me, right? The first was being able to reconnect with family, getting back here, rediscovering my passion, but also getting the job of my dreams and being able to live out and finish and fulfill my passion and the job that I have back home, back here in the States absolutely amazing. And then the other part is, again, being able to be back and reconnect with people, right? Reconnect and brainstorm and share ideas and just build. And like, I know what you guys think, like, did you have reverse culture shock when you first came back here? And yeah, one, people drive differently here. Like I had started in Austin, Texas and driving here is very, I want to say conservative. (laughs) And that is not a play on words. That is not reference to anything else. It is very, very conservative, right? Um, the speed limit is 75. People usually do 70 uh, or 80 if you're in the left lane. Like every, People follow the rules here in regards to driving for the most part. And you know, it's it's Southern hospitality. Like, people are very hospitable, very respectful, very nice. Like I really like it. And then you know, when I once I hit Chicago, though, man, speed limit 55, everybody going 85. <laughs> like... It, Blinkers don't matter. Get over, get in where you fit in or you will get cut off. Uh, everything's fast paced. Everything's super expensive. Like you just feel, I just felt so crowded being in Chicago because it's a big city with big buildings and people, you know, I thought Taiwan people lived on top of each other and they do because most people live in apartment buildings. And like there aren't that many houses as there are in America just because there's not that much space. But it felt so crowded in Chicago because everything was just so close. And, you know, even with the pandemic and social distancing and people, choosing to practice it or not practice it. It's still people everywhere. Like so many people everywhere doing lovely things. So, I mean, Texas is more spread out. It's more wide. It's bigger. Um, it takes longer to get from point A to point B. There's more highway road. There's more country roads. Uh, where Chicago, it's, it's city, 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 streets, streets, streets. Everything's, you know, really close. And uh, it takes a while to get to a place. And you got to go through a bunch of lights to get there. There's red light cameras or speed cameras. There's just so many stressful things about being back home that rush to my mind. And it definitely took a little toll on me, right? Just being back and people are like, oh, 
like being back home should be easy, easy transition. It's not though, because really think about it. If you're an expat or if you're not an expat, if you ever moved away from home, why did you move from where you were? Even if you moved to a new, a new house or down the street or a new town, new neighborhood for expats, why did we move or leave our homes? Why? Right? There, there is a reason. Or once you did move, it may not be any reason. Once you did move, what did you like more about where you live versus home? And I'm not talking to people who move for a year, move for six months, right? That's just sometimes just I always want to experience something different and now I'm back. I know what I like. But once you've lived in a different place for an extended period of time and you chose to stay there, like you choose to stay in a different country, like it has to be more than just money or more than just simple convenience, right? There are, there has to be more things that you love and you appreciate about the place you're living in than the place you could always go back to, which is your home, right? Again, I love Chicago. Not to say I wouldn't live there again, but I don't want to necessarily live there. I don't like the code. Don't like the traffic. Don't like the prices. Don't like the gas. Don't like the potholes. Some of the things I don't like. And it, it's the thing, but not that I don't like them. They irk my soul. <laughs> They make me cringe, right? And not to say there's not things about Taiwan that make me cringe, right? Like I dislike not being able to talk to a doctor in English as readily as I can in America or be able to get things that I want as readily as I can in America. But there are a few things that are like that. Not the, the most important things like there is a workaround for because they're important. Health is important. Doctors are important. There's there's always a workaround for that. But like little things, like oh, I just want to get barbecue sauce. Dang God, I got where I got to drive two hours to find it. I want to get Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Dang God, I got to drive here and there to get it. I want to get certain TV shows. Now, I ain't, it, ain't, it ain't no Netflix out here, bro. Hulu is, ain't even out in Taiwan. Like, you know, just little things like that that you can kind of deal with. Not necessarily the big cultural lifestyle things that, you know, really are really turnoffs for you and where you decide to live. So, like, really just think about it. Coming back home sometimes can be stressful. Right. And even if it's not family or friends, it's just being in a space that you were away from for a reason. And then having to go back into that, not just having to go back into it, but having to adapt like that's that's real because you have to reprocess everything. Like I was talking to someone today um, when I was out and they were like, yeah, like I have to adjust myself. And he lives in America. He lives in Texas, but he went to Chicago. His family's from Chicago. You have to adjust my whole style when I go to Chicago. And he was just talking about driving. <laughs> But I think about like he has to adjust to it. So imagine coming back from living abroad and living a certain lifestyle, you know, having six floor park, six floor home and own parking and not having to pay this much for gas and all that and having to adjust, readjust to all of those things. The readjustment is real. And that takes a toll on your own mental health because you have to get out of the expat mindset and get back into I'm at the crib, whether it's America, whether it's your home country is not America. You have to readjust to being back home. That is a big step. That's a big step. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of willpower, a lot of effort, and it does affect you. But still doesn't mean that I don't love being back home, right? I do like it. And I, and I am I'm glad that I was able to do that. And again, it is a privilege. And I know I've talked about this before in the Check Your Privilege episode, but it is a privilege to be able to go back into an environment like this. Like I said, I am beyond blessed and beyond fortunate to have the family that I have, to have the friends that are family that I have, like friends that invited my mother to their wedding and they're coming to my mother's 60th birthday party, right? That's family. That's not friends. That's family. But I also still have that abroad. Like people that I've met and and networked with abroad, I I still am in contact with. Like I still talk to these people, right? And I know what you're thinking. It's like, well, 
Y'all know my goal at the end of the day, like I've always said, and I'm really a firm believer of it now that I'm back at home, is to be the two location expat. And I have a friend in New Zealand that's thinking of doing the same thing, but she wants to. She's like, I'm Taiwanese. I live in New Zealand. I miss my Taiwanese friends. Right? Like I have a baby now. Like I'm going to be around family a little bit more. So once I can get dual citizenship, I'm bouncing between both of those. Like I love my life in New Zealand. I love my lifestyle in New Zealand. I love my life in Taiwan. Nah, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I just made that up. I love my lifestyle in Taiwan, how I'm able to live, the comfort, the convenience, the the lack of stress, how I can eat more healthily. I eat healthier when I'm in more healthily. Don't y'all don't 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 laugh at me for saying that. I said that I ain't even gonna edit it out. But I'm able to I feel more healthy when I'm in Taiwan, right? I'm around I get to nature faster. The air is better a little bit, depends on where you live. <laughs> um like I just feel I eat better, I feel better, I exercise more, I'm happier. Um so I like my lifestyle in Taiwan, but I love my life in America, right? I love my family life. It's really what it is, my family, my friend life. And you can have that balance. Because again, now that I'm back, like I told um, you know, people when they thought about moving back, I'm like, really think about it. When you move back and once you get your own life started, how often do you really see friends and family if you don't live with them, right? I'm not saying if you live in the same house as your parents, of course you're going to see them every day. Or if you move back from being an expat, you don't have your own place and you're living with you know, friends, of course you're going to see them. But once your life starts, how often are you really going to see them? And this is why I want to have that balance. I want to be here for the important the important moments. Summertime. I love the weather where everyone's out, everyone's looking to do things. Thanksgiving, Christmas. I want to be here. These are things that matter for, you know, my nieces and my nephews giving presents. You know, so I four months in the summer, May through August. Sisters' birthdays, nieces and nephews' birthdays, bam. Grandma's birthdays, knocked it out. November, December. Mom's birthday, <laughs> Christmas, Thanksgiving. Those in between months, I say January to April. September, October, colder months in America, not that many things going on. You know, you have Easter, but that's fine. Labor Day, that's cool. Just a barbecue. <laughs> but, you know, then I can spend that time back in Taiwan. I can have that balance. It's also easy to do when you're, you know, you don't have a big family already. You don't have commitments. Or you're not married and stuff that you have the ability to do that. But you can also create that when, when you are and when you aren't married. And I know married couples who do the same thing. They bounce around all kinds of places with two kids. Great jobs, but that was a lifestyle that they chose. Now they're back here in America. They're like, man, I'm going to be here, but we're going to, we've saved so much and we've done well with finances that we're going to have two locations we can bounce between. And with Airbnb, with being able to, you know, source out your homes and still make money while doing that, it's the perfect thing to be able to do. And it makes it easier when you surround yourself around good people. And I've just been so fortunate to have good friends, a great family, be surrounded by smart people. That matters. That has had an impact in my decision. So, yeah, I mean, coming back, uh, I'm trying to put it into words, like like what it's meant so far. Uh, it's meant a lot. Um, again, got the job of my dreams. Never thought I would get it as fast as I've gotten it. Uh, now, I'm gonna lie, I thought I was going to get a job faster than I got my dream job. You know what I mean? Like a remote job that's doing exactly what I love doing that revolves around travel, right? Took a lot of soul searching, but also took a coincidence. And a, a, a connection to an amazing company, Black Travel Alliance. Like, it took that. But uh, the last thing I want to get to is one thing. I named it The Big Payback, uh, the podcast, and talking about my transition being back here, uh, being back home, and, you know, things I'm, I'm, I've worked through. Uh, my diet still hasn't adjusted to the food here. But I, the reason why I want to call it The Big Payback is because 
know, as expats, we always talk about family and wanting to get back. And how do you balance not being around family? It's a big payback because I do feel like in some ways that I owe my family a lot just, you know, for them putting up with me. Not necessarily not being around because it sounds like you're a deadbeat dad, but, you know, for, for allowing me to live my dreams. Right. Like they are my foundation. They are who I go to when they see me at my highest and my lowest. They've been there every step of the way. And, you know, your parents, in some ways, they have to allow you, your brothers and sisters allow you. They don't guilt trip you, make you feel bad or or scorn you or, you know, hit you with negative energy when you're not there for big moments. But they have to allow you in, in many ways, whether it's very upfront or, you know, passively, to do the things that you do as an expat when you come back, right? If you ever decide to come back, which I always know I would. But I have that space, I have that that freedom, that that support, that bond, that love that they've given me the space to do that and then also welcome me back when it didn't work out. It's easy to come back when everything's going well, like, oh, hey, everybody, yeah, gifts, I'm traveling, doing all these cool things, yeah, 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 yeah. But when the ish hit the fan, then what? And again, because oh, obviously family will be there for you, but not everybody has that same, that same feeling. But how do they feel about it? How do they communicate it to you? How do they support you? How do they lift you up? How do you lift them up? How do you not burden them? But be honest, you know what I mean? And I say the big payback because I'm my presence while I'm here, because I'm gonna be here for, for a minute, and I'm also gonna be back during the during the, the moments that matter, the big moments. Every moment matters, but the big moments. I'm gonna make sure to be back for those. But it's like, man, it's like it's payback time. All the things I've learned, it's time to pass to my nephew and my nieces. And I'm not old, but it's like it's better to share it now than later, right? It's better to be a resource for my older sister with her children now than later to talk to my siblings as much as I can now rather than later, be there for all the moments with my grandmother, my mother now, and my father now rather than later. There's no time like now. And that's how I lived in Taiwan. I lived every moment, every day, like it was my last. I sought happiness. I sought great experiences. I sought meaningful moments. And every time I came back on to visit family, I sought those things too. Now I get to seek them on the deeper level. And not just the, oh, let's go out for drinks. Let's go, I'm here for the party. I'm here for that. No, I'm here for everything, for your highs and your lows, for 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 the little things. Planning parties together that you know you're going to be here for. <laughs> Planning events that you know you can participate in. Having sibling trips, things like that. All right, that is the big payback. That is the big payoff for me and an expat. When you're able to come home, again, that is a privilege. And then pay back that time, those experiences, right? Because they're giving it to you. They give you that time. They give you those experiences when you're abroad. They share photos with you. They share moments with you. They welcome you back. Right? That's not a requirement for all families to do and all friends to do, especially. So, yeah, so it is the big payback in a lot of different ways. Um, but, yeah, just being back has been, it's been a roller coaster. Like, I can say that I did come back on my own terms. There are a lot of crazy things that happened, a lot of setbacks. But I could have chose to stay in Taiwan, but I chose to come home. Um, and again, it was the best decision that I did. And just because I'm home doesn't mean that I'm still not the black expat. And I'm not going to be out here in these streets traveling because y'all know I am a flight risk. At the first sight of snow, first sight of cold, first time I do one of these, oh, a shiver. You couldn't see it, but I definitely, oh, one of those shivers. Uh, you're going to be like, one second you're going to see me, then you're going to be like, is that crowd on the airplane again? My God, look at him being a black expat. And I'll be like, you got that right. Certainly am. So yeah, I mean, being back home has been nothing short of amazing. Um, 
and yeah, that's 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 where I am as a black expat. And I'm love. I actually, for those of you guys listening, I told this story earlier today too, like six months ago, or six, sorry, eleven years ago, when I studied for six months in Beijing. One of my friends there, they were like, "Yeah, Austin's going to be an up and coming city. Uh, we should move there right, right after you graduate college," which was like in 2010. So they were like, "Move there in 2011," and this was right in the middle of the recession. And I was like, "Yeah, Austin sounds cool, blah 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 blah." And look where I am now in Austin, and it is exactly how they described it. I don't know where it came from exactly or who knew who was predicting these things, but it definitely happened. But as you might have heard when I talked about Monday's episode of being stepping outside of your comfort zone and not being afraid to relocate, don't be afraid to relocate. Someone tells you a city is awesome, go check it out. Never know. Might change your mind. Might want to relocate, right? Where you are, is again, it's very comfortable, very easy to be comfortable. Tawana is very comfortable. And I had a great lifestyle there. But the way I live in America, my life here, it's amazing. I love it. And I will never, ever take that for granted. I will never take for granted my experience in Taiwan, how I live there or how I live here. Both of them have value. Both of them have meaning. Both of them are needed for me. So it's up for us as individuals to figure, us as individuals to figure out what is needed for us and what do we want and pursue that and chase that and attain that. Nothing is unattainable. Everything is doable. It's all about getting out there and doing it. So you guys know what time it is. As always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Be sure to become a patron if you want to check out my Black Tea episodes. They are way more explicit than these regular episodes I put out. Um, But also they'll be coming to you every Saturday along with special giveaways. Make sure you guys check that out. Enough of me talking. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. My name is Carl, the Black Expat. We out here.